welcome back to Tiny Green Chats. I'm Kate Dillion and I'm back with Jasmine Jackson as my host. And today we have a special guest, Nancy Hotchkiss. I'm with us from Scrap Be More. Nancy, if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, more about Scrap. Sure, happy to. Well, a little bit about me. I worked in the zoo and aquarium conservation education field for 33 years. And most recently at the National Aquarium right there at the harbor. And at a certain point, I found myself being in more meetings than action things. And I was looking around for something that would keep me busy for the last 10 years that I have to work before I can retire. Um, So I had stumbled upon this concept of creative reuse centers and uh, joined in with this network that I'm in, which is, it's a nonprofit network, Scrap um, Creative Reuse is actually started in Portland, Oregon, 25 years ago. And we are one of the branches of the nonprofit. There are four right now, Portland, Oregon, Ann Arbor, Michigan, Baltimore, and Richmond. All of them are a little bit different. All of them reflect their own community. But what's nice is being in a network that they take care of the administrative stuff. So I can really just focus on what does Baltimore need and how can we help serve our city? So as we were looking around trying to figure out where where in the city would this work well, we kind of realized that, you know how they talk about grocery store deserts in the city, like places where there's no grocery store for people to go to, kind of realized there's art deserts or craft deserts. There's places, there's not a lot of places where people can just get inexpensive materials. There isn't a fabric store in the city. Um, You know, if you want to get simple kids craft materials, you can go to the dollar store, but otherwise there's not a lot. So as we were pulling this together, it was important for us to find a place that I really wanted to be on major bus routes so people could get to us and in neighborhoods where it's just harder to get out. So we actually started over in Federal Hill for three years, um, outgrew that space very, very quickly. And now we're over in Pigtown at 913 Westbury Street. We love it there. It's a converted garage. Back up a little bit and just tell you about our, our mission. Um, As a nonprofit, we've got a three-pronged mission. The first part is sustainability, which is really important to us. We want to keep things out of the waste stream as much as we can. Um, We have, since we opened, diverted at least 27 tons of material, which feels huge. But then I just looked up what the city produces in one year, and I'm like, oh, God, it's not even a day's worth. (laughs) But it's a start. It's a start. Um, Because the city produces over... I think I saw 820,000 tons of, of waste every year. So if we can divert some of it and some of it that can get reused, we're not trying to divert everything that can get recycled because you don't have to, that there's already a stream for those. It's more the materials that are harder to recycle or people bought way too much. That's often a huge deal for us, you know. Uh, so sustainability is a big one. Um, The second thing is creativity. We really want to encourage creativity, not telling people what they're supposed to do with it, but that could work. You know, I spend a lot of my time going like this. I don't know, maybe, you know, people ask, can I do this? Can I do this? Sure. Try it. Try it and tell me about it. Um, So encouraging creativity. And then the third thing is really about accessibility, which I was talking about with where we want to be and how inexpensive. I mean, things are really, really, really inexpensive at the store. Um, We, you know, like our fabric is normally $3 a yard. 
which is uh, about a third of what you might pay at most other places. Um, so anyway, so that those are the three things that we're really focused on. And what's great is that we're a small store. Um, I have an incredible army of volunteers who are just as committed to this mission. And we just have conversations all day long with people. It's fun to check somebody out and say, that's great. Do you realize everything you bought, you just kept out of the waste stream. So thanks for helping the planet. So, <laughs> yeah. So please excuse my ignorance, but so everything that is from the store is reused, like reused materials or can be reused for something else. They're mm -hmm. all recycled. And so you're basically like, like secondhand materials at the store. Yeah, we, I mean, we take in donations and right now we are just getting donations from people's homes. If I was to hit up businesses, I think we would be completely overwhelmed. But, you know, you look around your home and you're like, Ugh. you know, people that are trying to downsize, people that are moving, um, people whose kids have grown up and they're like, I really don't need to hang on to all these craft materials anymore. And people who, you know, there's also a problem with packaging for our, this, our country. We, things are packaged in ways that you just don't need that much. You know, I only wanted a couple of pom-poms, but the bag is 50. And then you go, what am I going to do with the rest of them? So that's really what we're about, which is let's get this stuff and get it into the hands of people who really want to use it and at a really low price so it doesn't become a barrier. You know, a lot of crafts are, there's the expense is a big barrier. You know, if you want to get involved in sewing, it's like, I need a sewing machine. I need tons of fabric. I need lots of patterns. I need special scissors. I need all this stuff. And the next thing you know, you've just priced yourself right out of it. So we try and keep things way, way low. For sure. And you mentioned a little bit about your volunteers. Could you tell me a little bit about what the day-to-day -day life is like for the volunteers at Scrap? There is. The days will never be boring. Um, we take in donations right now because of COVID. We're only taking in donations one day a week. Um, but that still gets us at least between three and 400 pounds of stuff every single week. Um, because people are, you know, clearing out their homes. The pandemic has really gotten people clearing out their closets. Um, so we, t we bring in the donations, um, we sort the donations, we spend part of the day holding things up to each other and going, do you have any idea what this is? Because every one of the crafts has so many weird little obscure toys and tools and things you're like, I don't understand. Anyway, um, so we identify what the things are, we um, figure out what category, we've got the store set up in different sections. Um, we spend a lot of time straightening out. I'm, I'm so glad that a lot of my volunteers have a little bit of OCD. You know, they like cleaning up and arranging things by colors, um, which is great. Um, and we talk a lot with customers. You know, people that come in the store, you know, there's people that are very, very directed. Like I'm coming in because I need black thread and you're within walking distance in my neighborhood and I'm hoping you have it. Um, there are also people that are coming in asking for ideas, going, oh, I want to do something with my kids, but I'm not quite sure what. Um, and then there are the people who walk in and go, I'm not creative. So you spend a little bit of time saying, mm, everyone's got a little creative spark in you. What makes you happy? What kind of things do you like doing? And helping them find what it might be. So that's what I force my volunteers to do. <laughs> do not force them. They're all wonderful. Actually, most of them have come back since COVID started. I mean, we were all, we were shut down for a few months, but um, when we reopened, um, most of them have come back and that has made me very happy. And I've got some new ones too. People that are saying, I just want to get out, but get out in a very controlled way. 
the, the beauty of our small size is we never have more than eight customers in the store at a time. Um, we don't have any issues really with people not coming in with masks because crafters want to show you their masks. Look what I made. Um, and, 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 it's, and everyone is happy. <laughs> everyone is happy. It's wonderful. Yeah, it sounds like a really nice community that you're building. Yeah, they want to hang out a little bit. And it's been, it also has been very um, heartwarming to me to have people say to me, I'm not going out a lot. I'm going to the grocery store, but I feel okay coming here because I know, you know, you're following all the rules. We're, we're taking care and they feel comfortable. And that makes me feel really good to know that our, our work is paying. And it could be a really good escape or relief for some people. Yeah, occasionally um, I would get a mom who's like, my kid is home doing some school. I'm here for a little bit of time. Is there an example of any particular craft that you've done with a customer that you've enjoyed? Well, I personally, we, we make these craft kits that, um, you know, sometimes you just get tons and tons of things. Like we got tons and tons of CDs because people aren't using CDs anymore, but they're a hard thing to recycle. Um, so we were trying to figure out what to do. And we came up with this craft, which is turning them into little ladybugs that you, you know, cover them with, whether it's old wallpaper or construction paper, add some dots, add some wiggle eyes, add a little head and it's, it's a ladybug. Um, I love doing that one. Um, we do have other craft kits, including um, one, which is our classic scrap to go kit. It's a tennis ball container that we just jam with stuff and take it home. The idea is dump it out. What do you want to do with it? Everything that's in there can be used. You know, um, I've used it with um, families where, you know, I set them up. And this was actually something I did with Under Armour a few years ago, and they were very competitive people, not surprising. Um, and we had different families and each family got one of these kits and the instructions were make up a board game. And it was wonderfully creative. You know, one of the families, like, I don't know, they had a little plastic frog in theirs and they made it a, a frog jump thing that they had to go into the tennis ball container. I mean, they were using all of it. It was fun. So you mentioned um, you mentioned working with Under Armour. You also mentioned um, diverting 27 tons of waste, which to me is a lot. Um, you mentioned the CD project. Um, so you have like a lot of different projects that's going on. Um, what is one project that um, you really, really, I mean, I just hearing them, I appreciate all of them. But what is one project that you really, really like appreciated and it's kind of like a, um, an ongoing thing in the community? We, um... I used to work at zoos and aquariums, so I've done education and I know how challenging it is to set up programs and do all the registration. So I actually said when I took this job, I don't want to do that part of it. We want to serve our neighborhood. So we had gotten a grant pre-COVID to do community craft nights. And we, you know, worked with the neighborhoods in South Baltimore, you know, got some information from people about what kind of things do you want to learn? Um, we even had the grant even covered, you know, having some food and drink at the event. Um, and covered all the materials. So we were able to have like 15 people at a time come in and play, you know, in the evening. And, you know, they wanted to learn knitting. They wanted to learn about how to make, you know, to do book binding, um, to make their own journals. Um, they wanted to learn about mixed media. How do I, you know, do collages? So it was so, I loved it because first of all, I had some people in the neighborhood that came almost every single time. 
Um, and you could hear little conversations going on with people like, where do you live? I'm new in the neighborhood. It was just like, I'm like, oh, look at us. We're making, making magic happen. Um, unfortunately, the, the events, you know, because of COVID, we had to stop. Um, and we were actually able to work with the funder, which was very nice of them to pivot and have spent the rest of the money making craft kits to then get out through the um, food distribution sites in South Baltimore. Um, so I actually loved both of those things. I love doing the in-person craft things and I love being able to provide things for families who are at home in this tense time trying to figure out how can they keep their kids occupied. Speaking of the kids and the crafts and the work you do with them, I saw on your website that there was a camp or lessons that you offer for sustainability and its intersection with crafts. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more on that. The Baltimore store, because we're so small, it's just me. Um, we haven't been doing programs um, like the bigger stores, like Portland has this huge summer camp thing going on. And again, because of COVID, we've all kind of pivoted to doing virtual workshops. Um, so we now actually have someone for the network who can do a virtual workshop for all of the sites. And it's a great thing to sign up for. You know, you could do like, you know, a whole family or whatever. You can do it your neighborhood and just have us all get together and be competitive, but in our own place. Um, I sat in on one that uh, Rachel did about um, taking corks and making little gnomes. Oh my God, people were hysterical. <laughs> I just love watching people do crafts because you can just see their wheels kind of turning and going, wow, what else could I do? Um, yeah, and I think you're setting a great foundation for showing that even if there is something that you might be throwing away or you might think that it doesn't really have a use or purpose anymore, that you can turn it into something better or you can turn it into a piece of artwork that you end up loving and admiring, which is also great for our planet. I was gonna say, yeah, we, I mean, we do, you always wanna start with the foundation of, you know, like there's kind of three buckets for your materials. Here are things that, you know, you can reuse. Here are things that can get recycled as they are. They don't necessarily have to get reused in order to become used again by um, society. And then there's the other bucket, which is things that can't be, things that could be trash, because there's always gonna be some version of trash. Um, and having kids, you know, sort through that a little bit and then question each other about, well, wait, you know, could I use that over here? Um, it gets them to ask questions and that's what's important. We all should be doing that and looking at something and going, what else, what else could I do with that? And so there's an educational component to that as well because you're teaching them obviously about recycling and that's, that's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think of actually every conversation that we have, it's um, a teachable moment. You know, it doesn't have to be in a classroom. It doesn't have to be written in a journal. It's, it's just a conversation like we're having right here. These are teachable moments and we all need to be really good at recognizing them and taking advantage of them. You know, every conversation, it doesn't mean you have to trap people in a room, <laughs> corner them in the elevator. Let me tell you about sustainability. <laughs> exactly. That's like the whole point. We just want to bring about awareness. And, and um, you shouldn't be shy about having the conversations with people either. I mean, encouraging, you know, students that you know or faculty, it's like you can have these little conversations with people. You know, it's like, let's think about what else we could be doing with things. You can come at it from the angle of you don't want to waste money. You don't want to, you know, our landfills are getting filled up. You know, and there's not a lot more room. Um, and, and just have these little conversations so people start to think. 
I just want, personally, I just want them to think more when they're in the store, you know, do I really need all of this? And, and that, I will say that's one thing our place allows them to get the only, the quantity that they want versus the quantity that the manufacturer thought they needed. Um, you know, I don't need this much. I just need two pipe cleaners and one cork and that's all I want. Exactly, instead of a, a pack of 50. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, so again, this is like a tiny chat, so we don't want to keep you long. We just want to open it up and like just get people's brains going about what sustainability means to each and every one of us. And so we want to like wrap it up and ask you, you know, what does sustainability mean to you at the core? Oh, good question. Um, from my work that I did in my first career in zoos and aquariums and talking about sustainability and conservation, you're always thinking about wildlife. Um, the reality is if you're not doing, thinking about sustainability in the human end of the planet, it won't matter. So sustainability for me is, you know, being thoughtful, thoughtful in your purchases, thoughtful in your uses. Um, yeah, just thoughtful. I don't know. Does that make sense? <laughs> Definitely. And, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and where can everyone find you, um, or at least the scrap, you know, um, information if they want to look it up and go visit at the Pig Town location? Sure. We are we're located at nine one three West Berry Street, which is right off of the intersection of Washington Boulevard and Martin Luther King Boulevard. Um, we're open um, Wednesday through Sunday, and um, people can actually shop in three different ways. They can come into the store during the public hours. Um, they can. Um, do shopping online, although it's a little challenging for us to have a lot of stuff in the store because it's, everything's different, you know? So there's a bit of mystery bags like here, trust me, I will get a bit mystery bag of yarn together for you. Um, <laughs> um, and then also we still have, we have private shopping appointments that people can book in the morning on certain days before we open. Because again, we wanna be sensitive to, you know, how people are feeling um, during the pandemic. There are some who really just, I don't want to be near a lot of people. This is fine. Um, so we got that opportunity. Um, but you can check out our website, um, which is scrapcreativereuse.org. It's a long name and we've got a big mission. Um, and you'll start to see what's going on in all the different stores because it is, it is kind of different. You know, Portland, Oregon's store is 10,000 square feet. Ours is 2,000 square feet, including the backup area and the front. Um, so they're all different sizes. Um, the, if you go to our website, you can also find there's the shopping um, options. There's also information about what do we mean by creative reuse and how is that, you know, different from, say, other types of reuse. Um, and uh, you can also get a volunteer application on there because all I ask my volunteers to do, I'm recruiting right now, is to three hour shifts a month. And you can go back and forth. And oh, did I mention that when you're working as a volunteer, you get a 20% discount. So your stuff is even less expensive. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and some of our best sales, I have to, sorry, I had to promote this one. We, for fabric, cause fabric we get a lot of, which is wonderful. Um, sometimes we get so much that we run a sale, which it's $2 a pound. And that brings in a lot of people. I will definitely be there when I'm in Baltimore. <laughs> Good. Um, I totally forgot to ask because it just sounds very interesting, like um, kind of like the dynamics of like what you're doing in the community. But like, 
I've never been in Pig Town. I actually just moved to Baltimore. So like, yeah. what is Pig Town's demographic and makeup and like ah. on that side? Like, tell us about this. this sure. Yeah, I love this neighborhood. Um, Pig, Pig, Pig Town is actually a very stable neighborhood. Um, there is a definite, um, you know, I think I read somewhere that 50% of the families that are within that neighborhood are at a fairly low income level. Um, what I actually, I will admit, what I love about it is that I'm not surrounded by bars and guys on scooters, which is what Federal Hill gave me, um, which was a nice place to start. But um, so anyway, so Pigtown, it has a little Main Street area on Washington Boulevard with a few very nice little local shops and eateries. Um, and I would encourage folks to come and just poke around and see, you know, Baltimore has 12 different areas that are designated as main streets. Um, they're those wonderful little neighborhood shopping areas. Um, and we just happen to be one of them. So it's, it, it's just really nice. I love the business community. I love my neighbors. You know, first thing I had to do was meet my next door neighbor, Miss Jennifer, because she controls the block. You know, got to make sure my trash cans are in the right place, all of those things. Well, we really enjoyed speaking to you today, Nancy. Is there anything else you would like to add before we end? I encourage people to follow us on Instagram and, and Facebook because we post things when they come in, you know, things that we know people are very, very interested in, like used sewing machines or um, just really interesting found art. You know, people bring us old canvases and they're like, can you use this? And I'm like, well, somebody may like your art or they may want to, you know, paint over it and then start all over again. You never know what's coming in. That's what's so cool about it. Thank you, Nancy, so much for coming. Thank you. Um, yes, thank you. Thank you. Terrific. This was fun. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Please feel free to reach out to Nancy and follow Scott Beemore on their Instagram and Facebook pages and also see their website for the volunteer application. As Nancy said, they're very community driven and it's just a very loving and happy environment. In terms of Tiny Green Chats, we release a new episode every Thursday for Tiny Chat Thursdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So follow us, subscribe and turn the notification bell to stay updated with the latest news and information regarding the environment. We are Tiny Green Chat, no S on Instagram and Tiny Green Chats everywhere else. Please feel free to email tinygreenchats at gmail.com with any questions or inquiries. Thanks again and see you next time.